Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. This is our land is Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the All Night Long Podcast. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. With the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Hello, welcome back to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Quarantine Podcast. Uh, We are your hosts, Isa Stallion, I'm the Enforcer, and this week we have a very special guest joining us all the way from the West Coast. Uh, You know him from MLW, PCW, Ultra... Joseph, Sam, Ayel, thank you so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate the time. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much, man. I'm glad to do it. <laughs> I'm happy to give you something to do, man. I know you said you're bored. There's not much going on. The world is literally in shambles. We're on the verge of uh, the purge. What? How are you holding up, man? What's going on? You know, it's it's really weird because um, we were discussing before we, we got on the air, you know, I haven't had this much time off, and... I'm not only a, an active pro wrestler, but I, I'm also, I, I run a company, PCW Ultra. I'm also, uh, I work in the office at MLW. So wrestling is like everything I do. I, I do uh, graphic art. I do, you know, so I'm designing t-shirts. I'm designing posters. I'm doing website stuff. I'm doing, and just everything stopped. Like, so it's, I'm doing nothing. So it's I'm finding myself like, basically twiddling my thumb there's almost so much you could eat drink smoke and watch <laughs> you know and uh i'm uh i'm i'm pretty much at my wits end i mean i don't think it's going to end anytime soon though so i'm just trying to keep a good head you about know i it think and, we're we're in this for the long haul right i, I yeah. mean june july august seems like it especially for live events you know i mean if, if we're going to be able to get out of the house and stuff that's great but i don't think i'm going to be going back to work uh maybe not even in the in the entire year which is really strange but i don't know it's crazy to think about well you said you know there's not much left to do what are you watching are you binge watching anything what's what's I on mean, the everything's everything's a binge watch i mean it's i'm not sure what else are you gonna I do mean, i'm just turning the tv on I, I i do a lot of youtube uh you know i i listen to a lot of music i i collect and sell vinyl so like i'm spinning records um 
you know, uh, uh, what have I been watching? Um, I've been watching, uh, oh, I started watching um, Last Man on Earth again. I was watching that a while ago. It's pretty apropos right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say highly topical show, too, and that yeah, show was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, so I'm watching that. I started watching that new uh, High Fidelity. Um, again, I like vinyl and stuff like that, so it's got cool music and stuff like that. But, yeah, whatever, just Family Guy, Office. Wait, movie. High Fidelity, <laughs> the show that they remade or the movie? Yeah, so the movie, uh, there's a show now, for, uh, and it's got Lisa Bonet's daughter, Zoe Kravitz, in it. So she plays like John Cusack's part. It's pretty cool. So I've been watching that. High Fidelity for me is a top five all-time yeah. Denver Live. So I can't, it's almost like they bastardized it to me. I, I, I can't dive into it. And my wife yeah. was like, have you made High Fidelity? And it's with a female? I'm like, you said it, not me. I'm not the one. I can't, I can't yeah. say that. You can say anything you want. But... Um, yeah, it's like you said that there's really nothing else to do. I don't know how we became yeah. an entertainment podcast all of a sudden, but I appreciate uh, going down the <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, you're wearing a PCW Ultra hat, and you said you're part of the office. Um, as in East Coaster, myself, I'm from uh, Joe, and I were both from New York, so PCW Ultra really wasn't on our radar um, mm -hmm. for a long time. Of course, being a West Coast company, uh, thanks to um, it was a powerslam.tv. I was able to catch up on it. Um, I watched, I was going to say, it's like one of those things that was always on, you know, my bucket list to do and to watch. And now that I've literally got nothing but time, um, I've been catching up to PCW Ultra. The first show, was, was it 2016 or 2017? Uh, 2016. 2016. So, so January of 2016, we started. Yeah, and you guys had, it was you and MVP uh, in the yeah. main event at that point. And the, you built a an angle going into the main event how, without a show. How did was that just built on YouTube and going back and forth on social media that led to that? Yeah, basically in, in 2016 there wasn't that big of a scene in in California. I, I'm sure a lot of people will get angry that I just said that it, it wasn't. Nobody was really drawn that much. PWG obviously, but PWG was like more than just California, you know. So so they kind of stood on their own. But the local scene was not so great. Um, so I was from I, I was born in New York, so I'm from New York. But then I moved to Florida, like most New Yorkers do. And then I uh, I ran a company there called Pro Wrestling Fusion, um, and I joined up with like the NWA, and then I joined up with Zero One in Japan, and did all the stuff. And then I moved to California. When I moved to California, I started this thing up. And yeah, there wasn't much going on. So to answer your question, uh, yeah, we just did it on YouTube and and uh, started that up. We we drew pretty well on our first show. Yeah, we had like maybe 250, 300, but we quickly exploded. So on the West Coast, like we're we were doing twelve hundred people. Um, we had Muda there. We've had MVP there. We've had Stan Hansen, Terry Funk, The Sandman. Uh, um, animal on and on and on and on Haku just we've had it all those guys plus the Shane Strickland's the the Flip Gordon's the Brody King started with us um, you know uh, uh, Jacob Fatu um, so yeah we've we've had Tessa Blanchard you know Pentagon we had before he really blew up so yeah a lot of a lot of guys a lot of girls yeah, I was surprised when, you know, you watch that first show uh, and uh, release the Kraken, I believe it was. And, yeah. you know, you watch a show and it's it doesn't look like the first of anybody's show. You know, you guys you had the commentary there. You had a good crew. And then 
the crowd was insane for the main event. Uh, at that point, uh, you, it was the Almighty Sheik, it wasn't Joseph yeah. Samael, sure. but the 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 heat that you had when you came out. I mean, I that was the first time I'd seen you as the Sheik. You know, I'm very familiar with the MLW, mm-hmm. and I was like, that is straight late '80s, early '90s. Stan Hansen, Bruiser yeah. Brody coming into the crowd, just scaring the shit out of people. Oh, and it was guys, awesome. Yeah, uh, thank you. All all guys, I'm a huge fan of. So I grew up in Florida, and I, I'm, I'm 45, so I, I started, I went to wrestling in 1977 for the first time. I was three years old, so I saw Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Bruiser Brody, Terry Funk, all, all in their prime, um, and some before their prime, and I watched their prime. So I, I saw the, the, what I feel was the greatest territory of all time. And then later on, I became friends with Terry Funk. I, I became friends with Jake Roberts, friends with uh, Kevin Sullivan, who's a huge mentor of mine. And these guys, particularly Ke- uh, particularly Kevin Sullivan, uh, Dory Funk Sr. taught Terry Funk. Uh, Dory Funk Sr. also taught Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham taught Kevin Sullivan. Jim Barnett, who brought wrestling to television, taught uh, Kevin Sullivan. And then Kevin Sullivan taught me. So... I basically learned the wrestling business uh, through the formulas of the architects of our business. So that's why I had this sort of a heat-seeking. I'm And I'm also a heel booker, so I feel like heat draws money every day of the week. So I'm really, really old school. I come from a very old school mentality. And the formulas of the past that really aren't used anymore are they they were created for a reason they're 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 they work uh usually 10 times out of 10 so so that's why we were able to use the knowledge from the past and come out of the gate in the way we did and i'm glad you said that and noticed it because if you do use those formulas from the past and you promote wrestling and you present wrestling in the proper way it works yeah, and when MVP came out with the uh, the Punisher on the mm-hmm. emblem, I mean the the crowd reacted to it, and the commentators made it feel big. And I'm like, you know, for a first show main event, it had such a good reaction, and I think it was, you know, like you said, it, it quickly the crowd quickly uh, expanded. So, I mean, we're now what is it four almost four or four and a half years later, and mm-hmm. between PCW Ultra and I believe this the brother sister company Defy Wrestling. Yep. As far as the West Coast goes, I mean, you guys pretty much have that. That sectioned off. That is the the biggest. That's the destination a lot, right? For a lot of the wrestlers uh, around the United States and even, like you said, of the world. You know, you go to the West Coast. You want to go to Defy and you want to go to PCW. Yeah, that that is by design. So so you know, we we made the the proper partnerships. Um, and and you know, like we were supposed to have, and it's we've announced it, but um, I don't think it's going to really happen. But we've also made a partnerships with. Uh, progress in the uk so we've got a tour coming up with pcw ultra defy and progress and and that's all we're trying to do we're trying to promote we're trying to promote um the west coast in a way that it's the place to be um we want to do like we were gonna we're slotted to run la seattle two times and then portland and um and again i i just don't have the confidence that it's going to pop off uh but you know you never know but um, that's what we're doing. We're trying to build something throughout. Uh, and I also have a, a company budding up in Arizona, PCWAZ, 
Um, so what I'm doing is I'm trying to build a system on this West Coast that we can possibly do a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and you know and 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 go up the coast. I would like to uh, rope in Vancouver. I'd like to have um, uh, you know Oregon. Um, yeah. So so basically that's the plan. Uh, providing uh, professional wrestling and live events and all that. You know so. So, you know, at this point, you know, you'd look at it like, oh, man, it's, you know, this is a big wrench in the plans. But it's also a time where everybody's knocked down at the same time. So we're all in level playing field. And, you know, now it's a different work. You know, it's it's plotting, it's planning, it's thinking, it's figuring things out and 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 uh, building visions and and figuring out how to actually, um, you know, have that stuff come to fruition. So. Little by little, and and I think uh, we'll be back working sooner or later. But again, I don't I don't know about twenty twenty. I mean, what you said, I think that's awesome. It's kind of like you know, I'm I'm thirty three years old, going on thirty four, mm-hmm. so I wasn't around really when the territories were at their sure. at their peak. But that's kind of the way it was it was situated. You brought in a talent on let's say Thursday, he would work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then be out Sunday. So yeah. for you to be able to. That it just makes really so much sense. I think that would be awesome. I wish cost you effective too. Yeah, exactly. Cost so effective. All place. the fans get to see it. You can do multiple things. You can do shoot interviews. You can do stuff with sponsorships. You. It's just, you know, it's all. It's is. It's the work is in linking it all together and figuring it all out and getting it all to work. But once you have that, then you know it all kind of feeds into other. It all works together. So it 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 saves you a lot of money and it also expands your promotion expands your profile gives the boys you know a, a really cool you know to do tours you know on the weekend instead of just oh we, we're like i i mean i'm older so i hate wrestling in the in the west coast on a friday night and then flying all the way to the east coast for you know saturday morning or on a red eye sure it's, it's brutal, brutal. you know yeah. yeah so i'd i'd much rather just like zip up to Seattle, it's a little short little flight or, or, or you know, drive over to, to Vegas, you know, four hour ride, you know, whatever. So I'd, I'd like to really um, expand the, the West Coast and then be the basically the place, you know, to be on the West Coast to where, you know, bigger companies start coming to us. It's all about just linking everything together. So more stuff happens. Now, would it pay for you guys to expand, not, I mean, or even do a show like that on the East Coast, or because the East Coast is kind of so saturated in the South and Florida like that, it's almost not financially beneficial for you to do so? Well, I mean, you know, it, it would have to be the right opportunity. Like, like, you know, I would look at it as like a situation where I would have a town guy. So if I had somebody on that side that wanted to run our brand there, then, you know, of course, the ring would be local. A lot of the talent would be local. And then we'd only have to do certain fly-ins. So we'd always be up to doing everything as long as it made sense monetarily. We were not in the business of losing money. And, you know, if it fits, it fits. Business is real simple. And, well, I look at business in a real simple way. If two people come together, they shake hands, and both of them feel like they they got a good deal, they're going to come back and shake hands again. Well, not now with coronavirus, but back in the day. (laughs) Give me that air fist bump. (laughs) Air bump, right? So, yeah, man. And if two people shake hands and they they do business and everybody walks away happy, they're going to come back and do business again. So that's just the key, you know? Yeah, and and you said uh, linking up with progress. I fucking love progress. I think 
the talent over there, the shows, they call themselves punk rock pro wrestling, you know, kind of for a reason. It's succinct. I noticed the same thing with Defying PCW. There's not a lot of fluff. You're getting right. in there, you're getting good wrestling, you're yeah. getting competitive, you're getting, you know, wins and losses, and you're, you're getting a show that, that's concise. It's, you know, maybe a three-hour show, two-and-a-half-hour show, and you're going to go home happy. So I would, I hope, you know, I did they... Did they do a loop with the five last year when progress came to the America? Yeah, yeah. We we did uh the I I started um this thing called the Wrestle Summit and we the first one I held in Los Angeles and it was PCW Defy, um, and that's actually when we really uh, joined with Defy because we had such a good time, and and they really loved what we did. We really loved what they did. It was us Defy. It was supposed to be AEW, but but they ended up uh, 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 Jungle Boy was on it, and a couple, and his dad passed away, and all that. So uh, he got pulled. He pulled off of it, which understandably. And then um, the second one we did in Seattle, and it was the two night. And it was us and uh, it was just us and progress and defy. And then progress loved us and we all had it. We all got on with them. So then progress decided to bring uh, me and my partner to England, which obviously is not happening now. And then um, uh, we're doing this tour. So we're crossing our fingers for the tour. Maybe, you know, when all the travel stuff pop, you know, uh, uh, gets worked out, we'll end up being over there in England, which is really nice because I, I haven't been over there and to be over there with progress is where, you know, I like to go, you know, with the with the best companies, you know, so. Sure. Most yeah. reputable. And, you know, and sure. speaking of the West Coast next year, I know WrestleMania is, well, as of right now, WrestleMania yeah. is in la how does that affect you and do you guys plan more shows around i know wrestlecon is just enormous and this year unfortunately so many we were just talking about it we had rich paladino on from um, beyond wrestling two days ago and we were just talking about how much you know the fans don't really understand how much the wrestlers lost last weekend you know the independent wrestlers the promoters the smaller companies that were expecting to run three nights in a row or the wrestlers that were going to be at WrestleCon for two, four hour signings and then three shows in a row. So it's such a, it's such a bummer. And, you know, we could touch on that, but as far as you guys for next year, do you have anything you're looking to plan anything around there, possibly shows in the area? I'm sure that's going to be. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so I would, uh, I've got a really great building, uh, that the, the ultratorium we call it. And that's that bigger building. If you see the, the later shows, I believe from 2017, we start in there. And uh, so, yeah, so I would love to house Defy. I'd love to house MLW, uh, uh, Progress, uh, you know, everybody that that would want a big, uh, really nice building. Um, I, I would love to host that again if it happens um, and they're interested and all that and, and whoever else. And, and uh, but, yeah, you know, I I, I was stoked that uh, L.A. was that WrestleMania was coming to L.A. I thought that was going to be really great. So hopefully it pops off. Um, because like you said, that is a huge weekend for us. Um, I mean, just for instance, I think I, I, I think I purchased like 150 t-shirts, like, because I was going to have PCW defy and then WrestleMania, it was like, boom, 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 boom. And like right before it was March 27th was supposed to be PCW March 29th was defy. And then we were zipping out to, to Tampa for WrestleMania. So yeah, I, I, I'm sitting on a boatload of merch and you know, it is what it is, but you know, it sucks. So yeah, they're not going to go bad, you know, but, uh, the, the thing is, like last year, uh, when we were actually we were at WrestleMania last year in New York, and I think mm-hmm. what um, business wise, it has to make 
it, you know, the talent's there anyway, so you don't have to worry about flying anybody in. You just get the talent you want on the shows. Like they have the yeah. Pancakes and Pile Driver show, and they sure. had um, the the um, the UK show last year. It, it was so good. So I would. Uh, well, I I'm, mean, it, it's good form to like to chip in on flights. Like a lot of guys, they'll they'll fly themselves out and they'll they'll you know whatever they're going to pay. But like promotions are are really good at like saying, okay, you're going to work for five guys or ten guys or whatever. We'll all chip in on the flights and stuff like that. So, so the wrestlers tend not to lose, uh, especially if they're kind of vets and they're crafty and they know what's what, I mean, some guys are just happy to be there, but like, like a guy like me, like, you know, I would kind of split my stuff and I, and I like to stay kind of elusive there. Like I was only going to do progress. Um, I only had a couple things cause I don't want to be, first of all, my body's kind of banged up, but I don't like to, I don't like that pressure of, oh, I'm going to run to this one, and then I'm going to run to the next one, and then I'm going to run to the next show. Like, last year I was there. I did all the MLW stuff, and that's really all I did. I like to I like to be there. I like to be able to sell merch and, and do my thing and, and, and wrestle and this and that, but I don't like to hit, you know, 50 shows or 10 shows. It, two or three is cool with me. Sure. Like, I remember Janela last year was on, like, every show, and, like, every time I turned around, David Starr was wrestling. I'm like, an hour ago, you were, like, in a different state. I mean, like, I can't imagine yeah. that. Uh, with us, like you know, you mentioned MLW, so let's get to MLW. When when did that come about? I know you were with uh, you know, War Beast in PCW, and you now we're at the Contra unit in MLW. How did you yeah. get in touch with MLW? Did you get in touch with Court Bauer? Was he looking for talent? How did that come about? Uh, so, um, so I'm from Florida, MSL, who is uh, uh vice president of MLW is was is from florida and lives in florida there was you know i've known m forever and um there was an opportunity uh, a few years back with with this millionaire was running this thing and m had me in on that and wrestling is like especially from my perspective it's like i don't bug my friends for work or nothing like that but when the opportunity comes i'm always the type of guy to where it's like i don't ask for work because i might get the job i don't want so when somebody wants me, they want me. So that's cool, you know? So there was an opportunity. They contacted us. Um, they they wanted to do this real far out idea. I've reinvented myself multiple times. So a lot of wrestlers were probably like, oh, I don't want to change. I don't want to do this. I was like, cool, man. That sounds fun to me. Um, the money was right. The schedule was right. Um, the the angle uh, popped in front of us, uh, of us was right. And then they wanted to, um, they wanted me for my mind. So they were like, look, we understand you're at the end of your career. We, we love your work. We want you to do this thing. We want you to wrestle, but we really want you for your mind. And we want you for, for, you know, what you bring to the table, to the office. So that was very attractive to me. So right away I was in on creative meetings and, and agenting and all that stuff. And I, I really love that. So I've like I've I've built companies before and I've I started booking probably earlier than I should have, like maybe four years into the business. But I always had a good head for it. And all of my stuff was always I threw some duds out there. I mean, I had to learn, but I always had some pretty good stuff. You know, I was always I was always pretty proficient. My brain always worked for psychology uh, because of the way I was trained. So the the and and, and Jacob thought too, uh I was mentoring Jacob at the time, and I was trying to take. Well, I, I, I did I took Jacob from being a just a, a, a piece. He's like a piece of clay, but he's so so athletically gifted. 
So I just started smartening him up on the business of wrestling and, and how to, you know, what to do, why, the, the psychology, the hows, the whens, the whys. And he's like a duck to water, obviously, his family, his heritage, everything. Everybody's just like amazing uh, in, in that family for, for professional wrestling. Um, and uh, so, so me and Jacob went along together as a package. And uh, then a year into it, they were super happy and they were a little panicky about, you know, Hey, cause I only signed a short deal because I, I had never signed a contract before. I was always like Brody and I was always super sketch about signing a contract. When In and out, so right? I signed, yeah. I signed a real short one and then he, our, uh, our year came up and they were a little sketch about it. And, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, we want to keep you guys on. And, and I was just like, sure. So we, we signed a, a long-term deal with them. That's awesome. And, you yeah. know, we were at the Opera Cup show uh, a couple of months ago in, oh, in cool. Queens in the Melrose Ballroom. I know you guys are going to, well, supposed to be running New York again, I believe, in June or July. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's all up in the air right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the country in it, like, it really took over, like, MLW by storm. It was one yeah. of the coolest, newest things. Um, one thing we didn't talk about, uh, you know, the name of the Sheik is. Mm -hmm legendary in professional wrestling um you got the name from sabu is there is was that storyline or was that actually down from eddie farhat yeah so so um a, a friend of mine in florida what happened was was i was in a i was in a tag team and the tag team uh was called the black market we started off as the market crashers we had done puerto rico and all this stuff and my partner had wanted to to uh leave the business and, and go into MMA. And I was like, okay, cool. What am I going to do? So at the same time, my part, my friend, uh, Steve Madison, who was, you know, he used to like rehab Eddie Guerrero in, in WWE, worked with all the ladies. He was, he was in a lot of the, uh, the, he had a lot of business in Japan with Ricky Choshu and Tiger Hattori and all this stuff. And he liked a company called uh, Hustle. And Hustle basically was showing guys like Muda and all other guys with different gimmicks. So the fans knew who they were, but they had completely different gimmicks. So he wanted to start this thing at this place that we had none of our regular fans at. It was a bot show. So I decided, well, my partner's going to leave. Let me do this new gimmick. So I started thinking and thinking and thinking and perceptions, reality. People used to always ask me what nationality I was and this and that. And they would mess with me after 9-11 and all types of stuff like that. So I go, you know, and I was always really sadistic in the ring. So I was like, you know, and my my, the guys that I always liked watching was the Sheik, Abdullah, Brody, Funk, I, Kevin Sullivan. I always liked that type of wrestling. So I decided to start and do this. I decided to do the, the gimmick on this show. It got over. And I was like, holy shit, I got something here. So once it got over, I, I did it. Um, I, was on, I got booked on another show. And Sabu was on the show, and I and I had and I had known Sabu from like Puerto Rico and stuff like that. So I I was with Sabu that day, and we discussed it. And I told him, Hey, you know, I'm I'm wanting to go full bore with this, but I don't want to do it without your blessing. And he just said, Yeah, man, you're dude. That's totally cool with me. And he he really didn't care. He was just like, Yeah, man, whatever. Like that's awesome. So I was like, Okay, he was totally fine with it. Once I knew he was fine with it. I, I was I was ready to go full bore, and then after that came the NWA, came the NWA uh, World Championship, came Japan. You know, then I started globe trotting with it, and um, because 
no matter where you go in the world, the gimmick was a heat seeker. Like it worked a hundred percent of the time. It just always worked. So I, I really loved it. And, um, it fit me like gloves. So, I mean, honestly, wherever I was in the, anywhere in the States, anywhere in the world, it just every single time, 10 out of 10, it, it always worked. So. And like you said, what's not what's old is new again, but if it worked 20, 30 years ago, it probably worked for a reason, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Granted, and I about, updated uh, it. Like I was more of a Brody fan than I was a Sheik fan. And I, I, I like the Sheik didn't do a lot of stadium style matches. That was a more Brody style. And I took a little from Brody, a little from Savage, a little from, from the Sheik, a little from Abdullah. I, you know, I just, I just took, a, you know, like a band has influences, you know? Sure. And make it your own. Uh, right. Where did you learn? You have the most precise fireball I have ever seen. Thank you and very much. Anytime I've seen you throw a fireball, it is perfect. That is such an art form. Would, yeah. Did that come easy to you? Because that is like, it's like Ryu or Ken in Street Fighter. It was right there. <laughs> so um, I have a few signature tricks that I, that actually popped uh, Jim Cornette one night. Uh, I had known, I had seen Jim or met Jim a few times, but I had finally worked with him in MLW and he walked up to me and he says, who's doing the fireball? And he was all up in my shit. And he was like, listen, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And he was making sure I didn't mess it up. And I just go, listen, I've done, he goes, how many times have you done it? I says, I had at least 200, uh, maybe more times in my my career. He's like, okay. He goes, well, when you use the Bic lighter, and I go, no, 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 I don't use a Bic lighter. He goes, how the hell do you do it? I go, okay. So I didn't see Jim the rest of the night. The next morning, I'm walking through the lobby going to pre-tapes, and he caught me. He made a beeline right to me and just put it over like a million bucks. I took the fireball. I was taught the fireball from Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan worked with the original Sheik, but I took the concept of the fireball and i updated it with what i feel is is a much better um uh you know formula for how to do it and every single time that's my thing is is it's got to be consistent you know like look i've had a couple times where it's it's lagged a second you know it's it's a difficult thing to pull in real time especially when you're sweaty when you're when you're trying to conceal it and and all that. And I've had a couple times where, you know, but I've, for the most part, it, it, it comes off, you know, really quick and really, and, and really precise. So, yeah. And, you know, not to, you know, pull back the curtain, but like we're doing like in a, in a, in a, in a show, it's one take and you have one camera and it's one hard camera. It's yeah. not like when you're watching raw or SmackDown or NXT with all due respect to them, where you, they, they switch the camera right before the point of impact or something like that. You have, the house there and you got to hit it and man it is uh it's terrifying i think i saw you throw one of somebody's back i was like that is the dirtiest awesome thing i've ever seen so yeah um, I, i've switched it up a bunch of times and done strange stuff with it and freshened it up a lot and like you said it's a one take thing and man when it doesn't come off it is you know it's like it's like bombing if you're a comedian it's it's rough you know so so i i you know i, I think one time I did it, um, and it was it lagged because the it got wet, and and but it still came off. And thank God I did it. It was in Seattle, and the Seattle fans are super nice. So so, <laughs> but for the most part, I've hit it. I've hit it every time, and and you know, it just it's it's I don't know luck, skill, whatever. It's it's good though. <laughs> it's consistency. It's not the Hogan fireball. I think that was the Warrior match when he yeah. that was 
brutal. That's you gotta expect better. I used to chase my mother-in-law around with it, like just just ribbing her. So that my my wife, whenever my wife tells the story, she's always she always dies laughing because I would chase my mother-in-law around the house and she didn't even know what a fireball was, you know. And I was like, you know, so. That is awesome. fantastic. If you guys are in uh, New York and my mother-in-law happens to be at the house, I'm going to send you uh, my address. That would be what that, would, that would make my Christmas or whatever time of the year it is. Um, uh, listen, I know, like you said, MLW, hopefully it's coming up. Hopefully we get back to um, some sense of quote-unquote normalcy in the world. But for those who haven't been watching MLW, um, it's on YouTube every week. It's a free show. You, you can't beat it. Uh, it's a great professional wrestling show. They have such great talent on there. Everybody that you've seen, you know, the the MJFs of the world. You have Von Eriks, um, like I said, the Contra. It, it just it's such a consistent show. Um, I really hope everybody checks it out and. To check out PCW Ultra, powerslam.tv, we have a promo code. Uh, all night long, you get 30 days free. I implore you guys to check it out. Uh, PCW Ultra and Defy. Um, please tell us where I... Oh, and there's a sale on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. And there are some sick yeah. NS Warby shirts on Pro Wrestling Tees. I think it's a spring fling, whatever it might be, 20% yeah, yeah. off, right? Yep, yep. And, well, and, and PCW Ultra, we also have a TV show that's a weekly called Mutiny. And it's on YouTube. So you can check that out on YouTube along with uh, MLW Fusion on YouTube. And um, yeah, and then you can check me out at uh, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Warbeast. And I'm at Twitter at, at Joseph Samael, Instagram at Joseph Samael, and uh, Facebook uh, Almighty Sheik. That is awesome. Uh, Joseph Samael, we appreciate your time. And hopefully when MLW comes back around, we can have you on the show beforehand, talk about it. Until then, everybody, Twitter, Facebook, um, all that stuff. And go to Pro Wrestling Tees right now. 20% off your entire purchase. Support all your favorite pro wrestlers that just lost a ton of money in the last couple of weeks. We implore you to do so. And powerslam.tv, like I said, all night long. Joseph, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. Take care, guys. Awesome. Thanks, man.